What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You're working on typewriters this time. Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last week? Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the college Ballsy with a Z podcast. And welcome in, everybody, to another Ballsy College Football Podcast, where today we have the ballsiest uh, guest we could find, Paul Feinbaum of ESPN's SEC Network. We're going to talk college football playoffs. We're going to talk coaching vacancies in the SEC. We're going to talk the strength of the Big 12. And to start us off, here's Kevin Sherrington. I'm here with Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant. We have Paul Feinbaum on the line. Kevin, hit it. <laughs> well, that is some really professional work by you. I really like that. That was good. Paul, welcome into the podcast. We, we appreciate you coming in with us, and we, we want to get right to it. Uh, as this is being taped, we do not yet know what the, uh, the CFP committee has come up with in its first rankings, but I'm going to ask you uh, what yours are. Give me your top six. Yeah, I'm going Bama, uh, Georgia, after that Notre Dame. I would go next with Ohio State, Clemson, and probably Oklahoma. And, and you know, I mean, that's what you—that's—that's that, it as of today. And as we say a million times, it changes, and uh, what happens tonight really doesn't matter, other than ESPN gets a great television rating. <laughs> yes, that's, that's absolutely right. Uh, you know, last year at this time, Texas A&M uh, came in fourth, and that was the pretty much the uh, the highlight of the season uh, for Kevin Sumlin. <laughs> Uh, and it's uh, he's not he's going a different direction this year, which is, which is not good. We, we're going to get to that in a minute. But uh, I wanted to talk to you about uh, the, the possibilities here. As you said, this means uh, very little right now. But uh, it's obviously very uh, top loaded with Big Ten SEC teams, and that this is your your picks are pretty much what mine are. Uh, I don't have Notre Dame in that top six. And that might be a mistake, but at this point. Do you think it's possible that in the final rankings we would have multiple either SEC or Big Ten teams? Yeah, I do think. I mean, as of uh, as we turn into November, probably the best chance we've ever had of that. Uh, you know, frankly, uh, we came close last year. Uh, Penn State, Ohio State were literally uh, on top of one another, and you know, had Michigan not blown a game at uh, Iowa or somewhere else, and even even they could have figured in, but. Yeah, you, you can make a pretty strong case for Ohio State or Penn State, uh, assuming they run the table, and you can make probably even a better case for Georgia. I mean, and everyone knows what I'm about to say, but if the scenario plays out where Georgia loses a one-point last-second field goal to Alabama, although it's hard to imagine anybody losing a last-second game to Alabama, um, and then uh, it comes down to you know, what, what, the, what else have they done? Will they beat Notre Dame? So, I mean, you know, Georgia needs Notre Dame to do well. Uh, Notre Dame needs Georgia to do well, but uh, at some point it could come down to those two, which would be a fascinating decision. Uh, you know, conventional wisdom is that the committee would go with, with Georgia over Notre Dame, although last year they clearly went the opposite direction. When Penn, Penn State beat Alabama, excuse me, uh, Penn State 
uh, beat Ohio State, and they still chose the Buckeyes. Let me let me go, take it a step further. Could we have two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams? It's conceivable, uh, and I, I say that because as, as much as uh, most of us uh, want to criticize the committee, I do. Uh, I don't think they really care about that stuff. I mean, I and we've all we've all gone through this. Uh, ridiculous exercise of the mock committee and, and they don't look at conferences they it's like the ncaa basketball committee i mean where, you know you always hear the the vitalis of the world go you know the you know the acc is going to get seven well that's not how it works uh, in in basketball or in college football these these, uh, these 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 committee members just go in there and they rank the team so without fear or favor i really believe that i, I don't think they care about that stuff paul we have uh, we've been so big 12 centric here for the first uh eight weeks of the season um, in this area. And, uh, you know, I think at one point in time there was a really strong case to be made for TCU. That obviously kind of went out the window this week with the Iowa State loss. Is there still any path for you for the Big 12 to get a team to the playoff, a realistic path? Yeah, I mean, I think Oklahoma would probably be situated best because of its win over Ohio State, assuming Ohio State is a, is a Big Ten champion. I mean, <laughs> you tell me, go find a better win in, in the country than that uh, other than Alabama, Georgia, Georgia, Alabama. And, you know, Oklahoma State, I don't know, uh, would, would have quite that same path. But, uh, you know, as I say that, I, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, add to the clause and, you know, Iowa State having a, uh, you know, continuing on its current odyssey would also help Oklahoma. I mean, we I mean, I was as shocked as everyone when that game happened. Today, perhaps not as shocked uh, based on what Matt Campbell has done. Let me go back to what when Barry brought that up about the two Big Ten teams and the two SEC teams. If that were to happen, um, Tim Brando, a, a frequent guest on our podcast and, and somebody you're uh, uh, well aware of, uh, sure. he has said that uh, if that happens, that will lead to a six or eight team playoff because the other conferences will be so uh, ticked off about it. Uh, let me let me give the usual qualifier that Tim and I have been best friends for 25 years, and, and he is very knowledgeable, but he's wrong. Uh, <laughs> I like that. That was good. Uh, it, it, well, first of all, uh, you know, if, if Bob Bowlesby gets mad, which he seemingly does every year on Selection Sunday, and, <laughs> and Larry Scott gets mad, as if anyone cares what happens out west, uh, and John Swafford or somebody else gets mad. I mean, what difference does it make? I mean, they have a deal. It's, 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 a, it's a long-term, I think it's a 12-year deal. I mean, these, these, these uh, guys can scream and holler all they want. And what is going to change? I mean, there is a, there's an agreement with ESPN and the College Football Playoff Committee that's not going to change because two or three conference commissioners go on ESPN and, and scream bloody murder. It, it, you know, it, 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 it's just really not going to matter. Uh, Paul, if you're the committee, can you make the case if you even in a situation where you've got a one and two undefeated Alabama Georgia matchup in the SEC championship, and you've got uh, Ohio State and one of the other um, Big Ten teams playing for the Big Ten championship that are all all ranked in the top six, can't you make a case if you're the committee that those are legitimate quarterfinal games? You can, uh, and, and probably will. See, I, I am like you. Uh, we've gone through this every year. Uh, I, I, but when I, when I lived in Alabama, 
Uh, I mean, I watched Alabama lose a, a first weekend in November game to LSU in 2011 and a uh, second weekend game in 2012 to A&M. And they got in both times to the BCS because there so many bizarre things happen. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I, I think, you know, listen, we have to fill time on radio shows and podcasts and newspaper columns. But this thing usually takes care of itself. I know I'm not exactly answering your question, but I would, I would say that in the last three years of the college football playoff committee, they wasted a lot of money on private planes, caviar, room service with Don Perrione and, and Deep Wellington and, and, and suites in, in Grapevine, Texas, because I, I think you literally could have walked into a bar in, in Irving, Texas, and found someone who could have come up with the exact same methodology and same results as this great committee. Would you be in favor of expanding to eight teams or six teams? Yeah, I, I actually like six um, because I think eight, you, you, you then get the argument that, hey, you know, we're the, uh, we're the whatever conference, we deserve a team. And sometimes that's not really true. Uh, I mean, I, and I, I think you could make a case. Uh, I, I just don't think you ought to be an automatic qualifier into uh, the college football championship. Uh, your, your, your league may really be bad. Um, but you know, to me with six, you, you get uh, something similar to the NFL. You add one more a week, so uh, Mark Emery can't complain about the, uh, the student-athletes missing out on studies. <laughs> and and it, it, it usually would take care of any debate. Um, even with four, sometimes it's, it's, it's unnecessary, but... I, I just think uh, I think I think I think it needs a little more drama, and, and I say that because last last year was was just abysmal, and really the last two years. I mean, I, I don't know has the Big Ten even scored a point in the last <laughs> two appearances in the college football playoff? So I mean, you, you we have gotten stuck with some very bad games now. I, I don't know if you can blame the committee. I mean, they are not there to they're they are theoretically there to pick the, the four uh, best teams, not to come up with the best matchups. Paul, humor me right now. You, uh, you do believe Alabama is the better team than Georgia at this point in time? I think they are. Now, uh, you know, I'd probably lose a debate if you know we went to a 12th grade uh, debate class because Georgia has a better schedule. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, 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 to me, it's about what, what do I see? Mm-hmm. And when I see Alabama play, uh, I see the best team in the country. Georgia is very close, but I'm still a little bit queasy about the quarterback and Jake Fromm. Uh, he hasn't had to do one thing. And by the way, Jalen Hurts hasn't had to do very much either. Um, but I think he's, he's, he's a little more capable at this point in his career. And that's probably the only difference I would find. Does Notre Dame give you pause? Um, they're, they're a team without a conference, essentially. And if they went out, can you see the, there being a Final Four without Notre Dame? It's hard. Um, you know, it, I, I have to really uh, fight bias when I'm talking about Notre Dame because I was on record saying Brian Kelly should have been fired after last season. And I, I'm not changing that, by the way. <laughs> Way to uh, go. Stick to your guns. I mean, he's just an arrogant coach who uh, who rules. Uh, he's kind of like a dictator. And he finally got it right. Give him, give him credit. I mean, he went out and brought some really good coaches in uh, and, 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 sh- and really and shook this place up. Uh, I'm not convinced they're going to make it. But uh, if they do, winning uh, at Miami and, and winning at Stanford, then I think they probably deserve to be in. Let's transition into this, Paul, because I, 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 I've just got written down here. I've got five potential jobs open in the SEC. I can't remember a year where you've had that kind of potential turnover. 
We'll just run them, run through them. Florida already has an opening. Ole Miss has an interim coach tag right now. Um, I've got Tennessee as a definite on my list. I've got Arkansas as a very probable on my list. And I think the question that we all have in here is where do you see the A&M job? Do you see someone being in legitimate trouble right now? And if he is, given the, the, the vacancies that appear to be open around the country, where will that A&M job rank for a candidate? Yeah, uh, I, I think I think the Mississippi State game was 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 a was a real setback for someone who had done a great job of, of, of getting back in contention. I believe that uh, if 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 A and M loses Saturday to Auburn, it's over for Kevin Sumlin. Uh, I, I, that that would put the number right at best case scenario eight and four. Remember, they still have to go to LSU. Correct. Yeah. And and we all listen. You guys have talked about it as much as we have. I mean, that's that's not the number that Scott Woodward wanted. So then it becomes, how good is that job? I I still think it's a great job. Uh, I wrote. Uh, I don't write very often anymore, but uh, I did a book a couple of years ago about the SEC, and this was uh, at the height of Manziel mania. And, and I and I, I suggested that I thought A and M had the potential at that point to be the biggest threat to Alabama. And I'm not talking about that you know, in terms of you know, winning a particular year, but I was referring to in terms of you know, building a program that can compete year in, year out. And, and I base that on all the things you, you, you fellas already know. I mean, the, the stadium, the, the support, the money. Uh, and I still believe that. Uh, and I don't think Kevin Sumlin was really a bad coach. I just think he, he wore out his welcome with the, with the key people. You're already, so you're already think, talking in the past tense. Um, well, uh, you know, again, uh, I, 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 but by the way, I'll give you, a, if, if A&M isn't open, then Auburn will be, because if A&M beats Auburn Saturday, then that job is, is, is blinking red. So yeah. uh, take your pick on, uh, on, on whatever future, past, or present tense you would like to use. Um, I, don't think Kevin, I, I don't think A&M can beat both Auburn and LSU. Yeah, I think there was a there was a point where you know in the Alabama game, I was down there for that one, and and they played uh, in that second half played very well against Alabama. I, I think probably just about as well as almost anybody has this season, and with with the freshman quarterback and with uh, as at, one, at the different times this year, he's had nineteen freshmen on his two deep. Um, so I, and, and what was interesting to me about Kevin Sumlin is that he was in trouble going into this season. His his AD was on record about that. I've talked to lots of boosters who who have uh, who have indicated that, and then we had Tony Busby come out after that disaster against UCLA and yeah. say that very publicly. Um, and yet, still, Kevin gambled on himself this year, playing so many freshmen, playing a freshman quarterback, determined to play a freshman quarterback. He had a senior at the ready if he wanted to do that. It seemed to me that that what Kevin was saying either either it was complete and utter arrogance. Or he was saying, listen, I'm betting on myself. We're going to win here. I'm going to have this young roster, and I'm going to be able to take this now. Uh, you know, as we, we're going to take off from here. And, and now, he, uh, as you say, this is the, the annual November swoon started a little bit early. Or there's a third possibility that he did this purposefully and 
saying, "Hey, I had a young team. Give me another. Give, give me another chance." Well, sure. I mean, yeah. I, I think he, he was thinking that th- this was the way to, for him to go. That people would would bite on that. I, I think that the that the other, of course, and there's a fourth possibility here. There are things that can happen, and that is that that uh, the border regents and the and the big time boosters say, "Yeah, look, this is a good young team. Let's make it attractive to somebody else to come in and, and take this over now." Like that happened at the so, University of Texas. Yes. Yeah. By the way, that's a, that's a lot of great conversation there. But I know what I would do if, if I was in Kevin Sumlin's position. I would take another job because it, it, the, the, you know, the Tony Busby thing. You, you don't, you don't ever win that. That you, you don't, you don't win or walk that back. Uh, I didn't hear anybody defend Kevin Sumlin after that. The only time people stood to Kevin Sumlin's defense was when uh, the family brought out the, the racist uh, threat. Um, and and I think there is a you have to you have to look at that and, and differentiate one versus the other. Um, so again, I'm not I'm not saying he's done he's done, but uh, the Mississippi State game to me opened this conversation up again. Speaking of threats, um, real and in some cases made up. All right, I, a have you seen anybody drive a bus into a wall worse than Jim McElwain did at Florida? No, and and I think it was. Uh, it was something that was building. Uh, I was on that campus three or four weeks ago, and I didn't. I didn't hear a lot of support for Jim McElwain. And frankly, I never have. Uh, his fan base uh, is, 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 is very is, is very vocal, and and I think the moment he did that, and the school didn't support him, it was over from that moment. Uh, you could sense it all week, uh, and being in, in Jacksonville Friday, uh, short short of a win. Uh, and all that was going to do was uh, proclaim and put off the inevitable. Uh, that that was not a big surprise. So do you do you view Alabama, Do you view A and M as a more attractive job than Florida? No, I don't. Um, only because uh, I mean both have great recruiting bases, but I think Florida is in a little bit of a better position. I mean, there, there's not much difference. Don't misunderstand me. Uh, they are they are both really uh, big time jobs. I think it depends on the individual, uh, and, and it really depends on whether you want to play on the east or the west. Uh, right now, I take the east. Yeah, you for know, obvious reasons. Yeah, uh, we I think we had that discussion in here on the A and M situation as well. Is if you're we we had less miles on a couple of weeks ago. If you're less miles and you've got a opportunity to go back into the sec are you looking at a sec east job like potentially tennessee or do you favor a&m and maybe as kevin said before maybe a&m is more attractive to him because he's got some recognition down there in the in the gulf coast area but i do given, think given that, the given the rosters though i, I might i mean listen it's it, you know i gave you a quick answer though uh, it, it, there's no bad answer I, I happen to think a&m is a phenomenal job uh, the resources at, at, at A&M are better than Florida right now. And, so, and, I, and I think uh, you, the, the mindset is easier as well. That, 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 that's another factor that may come into this. because, And I don't think they're necessarily going after the same. I, I think Florida wants Scott Frost. Uh, so uh, I, I think that's so. You know, if, if A&M opens, I, I am going to make a prediction that the, the selection will be shocking. And I say that, you know, I'll let it hang there because I'm, I'm not sure I want to go too much farther, but I think A&M has an idea of the, of the coach they want, and I don't think it's necessarily someone who is uh, being discussed right now. So give us a clue. Give us a clue to, to where you're taking us. Does he have a nickname uh, like the Pirate? Uh, no. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would, and I'm not playing games because I, I just, I, because, I, you know, it, it, 
I'm 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 a little pie in the sky here, but I, I think it's I think it's a name that would that would resonate. I'll I'll tell you that. You know, here's the the issue for me with A and M uh, and and the quality of that job, which is that the last time they won a national championship was 1939, um, and Kevin Sumlin's uh, well in in the in the ESPN came up with a little model the other day, which I thought was interesting about the percentage of coaches who were fired at a program with the credentials that that coach, the current coach, had had, uh, had met at that time. What? And they had Kevin Sumlin at 3.8% chance of being fired, uh, as opposed to, you know, we, we had guys, uh, you know, uh, David Beatty of uh, Oklahoma, of, of uh, Kansas, at 72%. So that, that seemed to be a lot less than what everybody said, and I, and I think that's obviously based on the fact that, Kevin has the second highest winning percentage in A&M history since World War One, um, which says a little something about to me about the program and what the expectations are. And I think that's all been because it's it's all been ratcheted up since the A&M went to the SEC. There was so much buildup about that, and then so much excitement over the Johnny Manziel era, which ushered that in, and and certainly in a very great sense. Uh, but there were so many people who also said, and, and frankly, I was one of them, that if you go to the SEC, this is going to be really difficult. It was difficult for you to win in the Big 12. It's going to be really difficult for you to win in the SEC. And I think that there is a lot of backlash about that, and that's one of the reasons why these eight-win seasons have not been enough for the people at A&M. No, I think that's really fair. But uh, I do think the job is extremely attractive. And you know, I'll say that a thousand times. We'll find out whether... So you, sure, but Giff Scott, Giff Scott Woodward credit. He's been a lot of places. He's been at LSU. He's been out west. Uh, he's known for some time. This was a possibility. This isn't like uh, Scott Strickland or, or maybe even uh, John Curry at Tennessee, where uh, two, three, four weeks ago he realized, you know what, I may have an I may have an opening. Uh, when Scott Woodward said what he did back in May, he he was already thinking about this opening. Do you think Les Miles could end up with one of these jobs? I do not. Do you, um, none, no job uh, in the SEC for Les Miles? Uh, you know, probably the only one I think that's even feasible is Mississippi because uh, it's, it's a job that, that, you know, they will have a difficult time filling, assuming the, the uh, sanctions come down like many think. But, you know, you, you can't – I mean, I, I just think the buzz factor on Les Miles is pretty flat right now around, around the SEC. How about – let me just throw one more name at you, then Evan will go. How about Chip Kelly? Uh, I, I think Chip Kelly uh, is definitely in play. Uh, uh, I I know he wants a job. I mean, I say that I know. I mean, I, I know Chip pretty well. We work together. Uh, I'm, I'm in Bristol, Connecticut, every Sunday morning, uh, so, and I see him, and we talk football. I do not, uh, out of rest, respect, say, "Hey, where are you going?" <laughs> Although I may this go weekend. ahead and do that. that yeah, but, uh, we'll uh, authorize uh, that. You know, I, I mean, I, I think Tennessee is a job that uh, would probably interest him. I think UCLA. I, I mean, I, I frankly think he would probably prefer to go back out west. But uh, it would be hard for. I, mean, I think it would be hard for him to turn down a Tennessee. Or, or you know, again, A and M is not what I really thought about with Chip Kelly. I mean, I don't know if Chip Kelly is the right guy in Texas, though. And I think that to be the be successful at A and M, you've got to be able to play the political game. I, I mean, you don't have to be Mac Brown. But uh, I think that was one of Kevin Sumlin's problems, that uh, he, he didn't quite uh, play the culture, uh, the, the A&M culture as well as maybe he could have. And, and that's fine. And as long as you win, it doesn't matter. But if you start losing, uh, people start complaining. Uh, Paul, before we let you go, 
wanted to, since Kevin's very personally invested with many of his children going to Arkansas <laughs> and my stepson, he's a, booster. a senior there, um, and having watched in person the Auburn-Arkansas uh, game two weeks ago, is Bielma out? And if so, like what does Arkansas do? Because they're going to stand in line behind these other high-profile yep. programs in the SEC. I'll tell you what you, you've heard a thousand times, and it's, I believe it to be true, that Jeff Long does not want to fire him. And you know, even a uh, baby step victory over the second-worst team in the league uh, helped him a little bit. I mean, you lose to Ole Miss, and then you just look at around and go, we, we have no choice. Um, I, I don't know the answer to that one yet. I, I think if he could cobble another win together or two, he could put off the executioner. Uh, if he loses out in the SEC, and that would include uh, Missouri, uh, I don't know how you keep him. But 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 you've already you've already established a problem. Um, they are way down on the pecking order. And if, if let's say A and M opens Florida, Tennessee, Ole Miss, uh, maybe Auburn, uh, and and all these, and then you have a trickle down effect where Mississippi State opens if Mullen leaves, mm-hmm. um, then. You know, I mean, where, where where does Arkansas go to get someone better? I, I still think Brett is a, a, a pretty good football coach. I thought he was really good when he got there. Um, but in our, I mean, at Arkansas, you you just really need to win eight games. Well, he just didn't. You know, the, the ground and pound was was really good those first couple of years. You know, at the end of seasons, uh, he was really giving the SEC West a lot of fits. Uh, but now lately. Uh, the offensive line is not good. The running backs aren't good. Uh, the, the quarterbacks have not been able to carry that team. On the offensive side, that's why I really think that going forward, you know how that always is, is that when you go find a new coach, you find something that was wrong with the last coach as your remedy. Sure. And uh, I think he'll get an offensive. Uh, they'll get an offensive coach. They love Bobby Petrino. Uh, he might have been the most popular until he got on that motorcycle. He might have been the most popular coach since Frank Broyles at that school. No, no doubt. No, that, that, that was a major setback. Yes, and so I, I really think that if Chad Morris doesn't get that job at a and if, if the A&M job comes open, and that's the one Chad Morris wants, that's where he went to school, I really think that, that he should be the first in line for that Arkansas job if it comes open. I think he's the, he, he'd be the kind of guy I think that could have some success there. I think that's fair. I really do. Listen, Paul, you've been great to come on with us. Uh, we always enjoy, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've talked to you before on, on your on your radio show. You're, you're, and it's a little bit, carries a little bit more weight than this one does, our, our Balls and Podcast. <laughs> but we appreciate well, that. No, it was a pleasure. It's, it's really nice that, uh, you know, again, I'm, nobody remembers when I was a sports writer. Kevin probably does a little bit. It's just nice to be around. Oh, no, I do, Paul. I, I, Did I, you guys work together ever? No, we never worked together, but... I, I was around the SEC as a kid with still hair at that point in time. <laughs> yes, those were good old days. Some of us moved on to, to bigger and better things, and some of us just. Then there's the three of us. Then there's the three of us, yeah. yeah. Paul, thanks so much for joining us. We hope to have you back again. Hope, hope to come back very soon. Thank you very much, uh, guys. Thanks, Thank Paul. you. There goes Paul Feinbaum. He knows what he's talking about. He, I do remember him as a sports writer. I remember, uh, I remember back in the, of course, this was way back in the 80s. Uh, I remember. That he would write things back then in Alabama that people just didn't write. You know, he was challenging authority back then where nobody was challenging authority in Absolutely. Alabama. And so that that was really kind of how he na- made his name for himself there. I remember uh, when Grantland Rice was a sports writer. <laughs> there we go, appealing to our demographic of <laughs> dead Americans again. Well, here, here's the deal. We, we Our demographics, as we're told, 
are senior our top demographic are older people because they can relate to us. But we uh, listen. I didn't tell Paul this, but uh, I, at one point in time this year, I think they were on campus for the SEC Network's pregame show on in Arkansas. Arkansas. And uh, Nick had his picture, or maybe this was last year. Nick had his picture made with my stepson. Nick had his son made with Feinbaum, and he was very excited to show me that picture. So um, we're appealing to a younger audience when we get Paul uh, Feinbaum. Absolutely. Him, so I like. Listen, here's the thing about Paul. He's very opinionated, but I like. He's very thoughtful. Uh, that, and that's a rare thing to be opinionated and thoughtful at the same time. Uh, there's a lot of guys who just blow and go, and uh, and they don't care what they've just said. And, Why are you looking at resonates. me? No, no, I'm not looking at no, you. You're no. I, 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 he did. Listen, when I was covering the SEC, eighty-eight through ninety-four, ninety-five. Yeah, I mean, for all the big market and, and guys like Mark Bradley in Atlanta had a big voice at that point in time, obviously. But, but Feinbaum covering Alabama, covering that program, writing columns for the Birmingham paper. Um, was as well thought of in terms of a guy who sets the the kind of sets the tone for for coverage as anybody around the league and um uh, it's clear i mean he's i think he's the number one thing that the sec network has going for it so you know it's, a, it's an interesting thing and and, uh, and barry knows this gentleman i'm going to refer to now he he reminds me a little bit uh, his success I know there in alabama say. It's like someone's in Oklahoma. I knew that was coming. Al Eschbach. You know Al? No, I don't. Uh, Al, Al's a very interesting individual, very smart. Uh, you wouldn't think with a voice like that he'd be big on the radio. The New York accent. Oh, my gosh. He, big time New York accent. And when he first got to Oklahoma, I think there was a lot of pushback on all that. And, and you know, understandably so maybe from, from a lot of people. But, boy, Al was very similar to what, what Paul has done in that he was smart and he was persistent and thoughtful and, and spoke his mind, and that's what Al has done in Oklahoma, and that's why he's had the success he's had there. And, I, again, I mean, that's the thing is Paul was just not – I think he broke a mold in Alabama of constantly being a cheerleader for the Crimson Tide. Right. And um, Well, that, that's, that goes pretty much throughout the South. That is uh, – to coin a phrase, that is pretty ballsy. Can, can, can I, I? I just want to before we go. I just want to know Texas TCU this weekend. Who yep. do you like? Well, you gotta like TCU. I, I do think no, no. That's six and a half spread. I think, and I think I think Texas will cover that spread. I thought that was a trap game for TCU a week ago, but oh, no. clearly they've been woken up. Now. They've been trapped. Um, TCU has really smoked Texas the last several years. They have. Although uh, I think it's going to be closer this year because Texas defense is so much better. That's a big time defense. Uh, oh, I think it's going to be. A, I think it's going to be a competitive game. Uh, but I, I, I do think I swing back towards TCU now. I mean, it's weird for me to say this. Texas finally had a walkover game. They finally won clearly against a winless Baylor team, and TCU is coming off a loss. But I do think that that TCU was sitting there looking at a trap. You know, they had that Iowa State game, they had Texas, and then they had Oklahoma. If, if, but if you're calling Iowa State a trap game, that's a mistake. No, 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 no. I, I, think, I think it was a trap game. I, in retrospect, I know, I know what you're thinking, but I, th I, th I think it was a trap game. I think everybody thought that Iowa State was a complete fluke even after the Oklahoma I, win. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think a complete fluke. They now play, they're for real. They, they play pretty good defense. Yeah, and 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 you know they're and they got what they've got going for them. I don't know why Matt Campbell's name. I bet if you said the name Matt Campbell, he college football fans they wouldn't even know who you're talking. But about. I bet, but I I bet ads all over the country know his name, he, and I bet and he's I, the national coach of the year. National coach of the year, and 
Of the decade, maybe. And Iowa State won't be able to keep him. No, 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 they won't be able to keep him. But I tell you what, did you, did you see the little speech he made after the game? Yes. It was very good, wasn't it? You know, it sounded a little bit like Jason Garrett, a little bit. But he said all the right things. You know, he talked about – because that's what Iowa State is. They're a team where you got a guy playing quarterback and linebacker, you know, on that team. So this is a team that he has got them to buy into the fact that, hey, listen, we don't have any big stars here. We're all in this together. And that's what you got to have in football, sure. right? So he's done a great job. Well, it's what you definitely have to have at a program where oh, you yeah. never really accomplished okay. anything. And, Barry, who do you th- who do you like in the Texas TCU We haven't game? got there yet. Yes, I asked you. I asked you. Okay, Barry, who do you like? I like Texas, but I, that, you, you're taking Texas. I'm going to take Texas, but wow! I, I, but I want now. I want to ask you one more game, Bedlam. Uh, I'm going with Oklahoma now. I just picked it. Where is that game? It's in Stillwater. It's in Stillwater. Yeah. Be tough. It'd be a good game. I think it is going to be a good game. I think both teams are a little bit back on track. I think Oklahoma State's actually played well. They let West Virginia back into the game too. I they've not played very well the last few. I wonder who Barry think. Switzer likes in this game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to go. What with was o- Barry's quote when we asked him about there? They'll get their ass beat again. Yeah, I'm going to go with Oklahoma. Yeah, I go with Oklahoma too. I want to go back to the, the Texas TCU. Thing. Wait a minute, Barry. Why, Barry, why did you wait, say? Wait, wait, wait. Why wait, did wait, you wait, say second, the Texas going to win? I, I want. I want. I want to. Oh, ask Oklahoma, one Oklahoma State. Who's going? Yeah, thank you, thank you. Go ahead. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God! You interrupted all that for that. I I I'm going to go with the home team. Where, so why do you think Texas is going to beat TCU? Because there's no rational reason they should beat TCU. I don't think. I, I think TCU is the better team. They have the better defense. I think the only reason that and Texas I, would beat TCU is if TCU who's is going to so Who's going to be the quarterback this week for Texas? For Texas? Yeah. Shane Bouchot. Okay. Maybe. I, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's as much of the issue. Maybe it will be. I, I mean, hang on here. I, I, I think the only reason that Texas potentially wins that game is if TCU is so demoralized by knowing that they now have no shot at the at the college, at the CFP that there is a hangover. No but, but could they play? Uh, they a, have none. Could they They're play? Could, could they play with a chip on their shoulder? You think Gary Patterson might even bring that up? No, I, th- I think Gary Patterson will make them very aware of that. I yeah. just you're still talking about 20 and 21 year old athletes who a week ago saw a very clear path to the to the CFP. And now I think they have none. That was a meltdown. No, by the I, don't, I don't think they're out. I was, think, was that a meltdown by the quarterback, by Kenny Hill? Uh, yeah, it was the worst game he's played all year. Yeah. Maybe it's my. It might have been the worst game he's played uh, in two years uh, at TCU. It, it was. He he com- he just couldn't couldn't make the throws. Uh, and I and I, frankly, I just don't understand what happened. Uh, he's been erratic in his career, but he's really been playing well. There were people out there saying that, that you know, hey, he should be in the Heisman conversation. Kevin, the, the big over. question is going to be then next Saturday, who wins the TCU at Oklahoma game? Well, that's that's a big game. That's that's so. what I'm saying. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If they beat they beat they beat Oklahoma State in Stillwater, if they beat Oklahoma and Norman, won't matter. And then at the end of the year, if, o- if they beat Oklahoma, the team again, that, the again. Pe- again, the team that beat Ohio State. Still you know, think you're looking at two I, SEC teams, a Big Ten team, and very possibly the Miami Notre Dame winner. That's, that's about, possible, but there's a lot of things Clem- that can go wrong. Clemson's in the SEC. Sh- don't don't discount Clemson. No, 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 I think Clemson's a very real possibility. Clemson's a viable real. I had, but I think right now the front runner is the winner of the Miami and Notre Dame game. I don't know. I think it's a little too early for that. Uh, I, I think that there's still so much that can go wrong. Not so much more in the well, the Big Ten because of the championship game. I don't think Wisconsin's going to beat either one of them. Uh, whoever whoever is representing the other side, yeah. but I, I do think that uh, 
I do think that there are things that can go wrong here uh, for for some teams. So we'll we'll see. I I think that there's a slim chance for TCU now, and I don't think it's going to affect them this week. I, I, they have, as I said, they get up for Texas. They're they're not going to have any problem with that. Uh, if, if Texas was no good, they would still get up for Texas, and that's because it's a it's a huge rival, and it has been forever. Evan, what else do we have on the podcast today? Well, we, uh, we, we're we going to have David Moore to talk about Cowboys. Um, and What's happening with the Cowboys? The Zeke-less Cowboys? The Zeke Elliott situation, um, which I, I'm not sure which is more complicated to understand, the Zeke Elliott situation or whatever's going on with the uh, Robert Mueller investigation. <laughs> um, and then we're also going to have C.J. Nitkowski oh, to talk about the incredibly cra- wacky – Wild World Wacky Series, World Series, and maybe a little bit about what um, what he thinks the Rangers need to address this offseason. Did so. you stay up to watch the end of Game Five? Yeah. Did you, did you were you up? Real men stayed up. I fell asleep. Papa fell asleep. Barry, you the, the game ended after midnight. We all knew you were asleep. I'm surprised you made it. To, what what inning did you fall asleep? I saw the third Altu- inning, the Altuve home run, the, okay. the three run home run, okay. and then I kind of. You know, I will say this. I have mixed emotions. I, I was reading Matt uh, Hicks's uh, uh, tweets, and he talked about it. it was a little bit sad to him. And baseball, he called it being baseball sad that although the game was won on a single, that singles that have died. The singles have died, and and it, you know, and and we can get into this discussion, I guess, later. But we we still got a little bit of time here. I, the thing I don't understand is that you know, part of me, the beauty of baseball is the building of anticipation, right? That. Here's a single. Here's a double. Here's a stolen base. Here's a sacrifice fly. It's there's things that are happening, and when it's a home run, boom, it's over. It's it, it's exciting, but it's over. Well, the home run is the crescendo. It, it's a very fast crescendo. But but I, it, but I mean those the, there were. But there's a little build up, you know, to get guys on base before well, the home. There run. were sure. three. I believe there were three three run home runs in game five. Yeah. Um. And so there was a build up there. There's some. Um. Yeah. The solo home runs left and right. That's just home run derby, but there was some buildup here. Because the most exciting play in baseball is a play at the plate. Yes. With throw, yes. From, a throw from the outfield. Throw from the, absolutely. And there was yes, because it's the one play that's actually developing. Yeah, but it's, there's it's, so there's none of that. It's a bang, bang. Well, well it, I it develops. Ask, you see the ball, ball hit, yeah. you see the play, you see uh, the anticipation. But, yeah, I mean, for, for getting the crowd into it, a big game tying go ahead home run with men on base. That's that's what every kid dreams about. By the so. way, I don't know how many people were actually up, but there were a lot of TV sets tuned into that game. That game got a pretty good rating in Dallas Fort Worth, and we'll get more now. Probably six and seven. That's when they start making money. When you get to six games, yeah. the networks. Yes, they were Fox the ran too. out of commercials. The teams in game too. five. Fox ran out of commercials. In Is that game right? Five. They because um, it was a five-hour game. Yeah, they uh, minutes, yeah. they held it between innings at least twice. In in Houston, they did not go to break. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So um, it's kind of like we we're, that, is that why we're holding our commercials here in the in the, in the Ballsy podcast? That's right. Yeah. Well, we ran. Out, yeah, we definitely ran out of commercials. <laughs> well, we're gonna get to uh, we're gonna get to David and get all the latest on on Zeke and whatever. Uh, machinations there may still be left there though there's not much and and try and get into a little bit of football too and then we will get back into into baseball but this is uh this has been great college podcast with uh with paul feinbaum of can i ask one last SEC question before Network. we go i yeah. hate to sound like barry uh but you know we asked we asked paul if he thought that kevin Sumlin was going to be fired we didn't ask each other so let's all start here go around barry i watch aggie games with an aggie 
Uh, he's not a what a former student. A former student. Don't say an ex Aggie. I was going to say an ex Aggie. Or, or is can you be an Aggie alum? Is that yeah? That's okay. That's okay. I watch it, and, and he cannot wait for a new coach to show up. In, yeah. Uh, so you say yes. I say, I say yes. What do you say? I, I think Feinbaum makes a great point that the the loser of the A and M Auburn game is out. Is out. Well, I think it is at Auburn for sure. Um, because Auburn would be looking at potentially losing three of its last four with A uh, and M, Georgia, and and Alabama. Um, wow. If someone goes seven and five, I just don't know how he survives. I mean, this team. The, the, my issue with with A and M is you haven't played. You know, you you haven't played for the SEC championship. I know you have Alabama in your side of the division, but your whole expectation in going to the SEC was that you were going to be competing for championships, and you haven't. Um, you had some initial excitement with Manziel. You had a couple of big wins there, but you never won anything. And uh, this year has just been one step forward, one step back. I just think that A&M feels like, you know, they need to start moving in a direction to catch up. Because let me just say this. Alabama is not going anywhere. And there is, and I know you guys will accuse me of homerism, but there is a budding feeling around the SEC that Georgia, under Kirby Smart and with the recruiting class that they are picking up right now, is a is a budding longtime dominant power as well. Florida is not going to go lo- anywhere long term. Uh, there's going to be some challenges for A and M in the long time in 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 the SEC. Well, you know, I think this. No, it's, my, it's my turn. Okay, this is all self fulfilling prophecy. I, I think what will happen is is that he'll get fired just because we're talking about him. I think w- once it gets out of the bag like that, and people are talking about your coach being fired. And that becomes an open conversation, both locally and nationally. Then you, it's incumbent upon you then to fire your coach. Well, didn't he find, didn't he kind of save his job once this year with beating Florida? Well, uh, a little bit. There was a little bit of movement that direction, but not a lot. I mean, it wasn't like he, Tony Busby didn't send out something saying, "Hey, I'm sorry about what I said at the UCLA game." Right. And so, I think as an athletic director, you have to wonder. You know, this is this is all started now, and if it starts up next year, we'll go through this whole thing again next year. All year long, we'll have to listen to everybody saying, "Oh, should Aiden get rid of his coach?" It'll be dead man walking, and it's not healthy conversation for your program. All right, I just want two words from each of you before we go. Two. Who who is Paul Feinbaum's? Do you think is his wacky (laughs) uh, prediction for? I was going to say Chip Kelly. I was going to say Chip Kelly too. Yeah, that's why I said Uh, that's pretty wacky. Uh, or or the pirate, uh, you know, Mike Leach. Those would have been wacky picks to me for him. He must, he, but he, when he says pie in the sky, he's not talking about some, uh, you know, up and coming coach like Matt Campbell. He's talking about somebody. Nick Saban. He's talking about no, a big no, name coach. I don't, I don't yeah, that. not Nick Saban, no. but he's talking about that 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 neighborhood. He's talking about somebody that big. So you know, I don't, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't have a good, I don't have a good thought. I, I don't either. I, I really don't. Um, Maybe they can get Kirby Smart. I don't think Kirby Smart's going. No, he's <laughs> Look at that. Uh, maybe he's uh, got. Maybe Mac Brown. Maybe that's what he's thinking. Th- that would, would you hire be... Mac Brown if you're at A and M? No, no, me neither. I, I, I'll tell well, you. I'll what tell you what. I, he wouldn't be a bad hire. Tell you what I would think. And now this has been mentioned at one point in time, but it was supposedly squashed. But. I guess you still have the James Franklin situation out there. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing about James Franklin is he brought up himself. A, he's from Pennsylvania. And B, he's at Penn State. 
It's not like he's at, you know, Podunk U. How Pretty about good. this for a pie in the sky prediction? Pretty good school. What? Bob Stoops. Uh, no, Bob's not coming back. He's already said that. Okay. Bob's not. Listen, he's not coming back because of his health. Okay. Uh, he's not going to go there. All right. Well, let's get out of here. It's 1030. We need to get David Moore on. Yes, we do. All right. Thank you, guys, everybody, for listening. We'll be back with more. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.